You're listening to The Athletic Mind with your host, Taylor Cook and Lauren Williams. Welcome back to another episode of The Athletic Mind, where we dig deep and shed light on the mental side of sports for athletes and coaches by having open conversations about mental health, mindset, and performance. Oh my goodness. Welcome back, everybody. I feel like I'm welcoming myself back right now because I haven't been here in a hot minute. But uh, yeah, welcome back to The Athletic Mind. I think that's the first time we're introducing it is that actually the athletic mind new name and you got the honors of introducing it look at you Lou and I remembered that's the amazing part honestly I was actually thinking that that, like before (laughs) you said the name I was like oh does she realize that we changed the name (laughs) hey steel trap up top okay I know I know you've proven (laughs) yourself um but yeah, it's been it's been a while since we've kind of gotten into the locker room together. We're literally on opposite sides of the planet um, and have very different schedules. But this is part of the love and joy of being a part of elite athletics. So we're making time for it. We're getting it done. But how are things with you, Taylor? They're good now. They're starting to slow down for uh, a short week here um the last month has pretty much been jam-packed with traveling games um you know it's actually it's funny because i remember i think it was on a podcast we were talking about intentional practice and how we practice more than we play games and that is sadly not the truth for for me and my team uh we practice like (laughs) twice a week and we have like three games a week so my body was just absolutely wrote over the last month um being the only goalie having a really short roster it really does really does drain you and it was like a rude awakening coming back into playing professionally after being off for a year and a half so Mm -hmm. good times but you know we're home now for the time being and I have some time to do some active recovery and getting out for you know runs or getting some good uh, mobility sessions and yoga sessions in so yeah what yeah. about you over there? I know it's like I said, it's busy. Um, but I think when you're really busy and it doesn't feel like work, that's a great sign. And although we've had a lot of the uh, other duties as assigned part of the job description popping up, um, no, it's been it's been great. Um, obviously, we came off our first league weekend with a sweep. So pretty excited about that. We're two and zero in the Newha, and um, it's always nice when you're getting wins, when you're getting that external validation of all your hard work. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I know. Like it's all about finding the balance too, right? And um, uh, this week, for example, I was able to tack on a visit home with a recruiting trip. So that's kind of nice. It's a good way to recharge the batteries a little bit while you're still accomplishing something productive. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, no, things are good, but yeah. Well, and it's funny that you, you mentioned, you know, having the external validation of your hard work because it doesn't always pan out that way. And that's kind of something along the lines of what we are talking, planning to talk about today was, you know, yeah. get, hitting that wall and, and kind of mentally kind of 
draining yourself because you mean being in any sports team, you're around your team all day long, especially as a student athlete, you have classes with them. You got practice every day. You have games, you're on the road, you're in hotels live with them as well. (laughs) Yes, of course. Exactly. And then, you know, if you don't really figure out a way to take time for yourself and to recharge those batteries, like you mentioned, it can, it can be really stressful and overwhelming. And then your performance can, can start to hinder because of it. Yeah. I just went into a deep, dark hole of remembering all of the times in my career that that whole like slew of things happened at once. It felt right. Mm. So, um, yeah, no, it's, it's really interesting, right? Because I think as athletes, we all picture how things are going to go, like whether it's preseason or as we're starting like the elite level journey or as we're going from high school to college and we picture it and we see all of the good things happening and getting all of the external validation that we want and things going well. Rarely ever do we like put the roadblocks in there without actually experiencing some of them first. Um, and why would we like, that's really pessimistic, you know, but, um, on the other side of that, it doesn't always work out as planned and you don't always get, like you said, the external results that recharge you, that make you feel like, Hey, this is why I'm doing this, Mm -hmm. that give you that little extra motivation or push to keep going. Sometimes it's quite the opposite. You're not getting any of the external validators that you thought you were going to get um that was certainly my experience my first year of college um and it happens every year it's happening with girls on the team now it's you know it's like it's part of the process but it is a roadblock absolutely and you know it's funny that you mentioned like you know, you don't always get the external reward. And, and even if you're putting in all this hard work, but on the flip side of that coin, there has been moments where I get those external rewards Mm -hmm. and they're not as fulfilling as you think that they will be. So for, for me, it was, you know, I had been basically burning myself on both sides of the candlestick here. And got to the point where my mental health was in shambles like I had like some some obviously some mental health problems at some points and you know there was days I didn't really want to get out of bed I just like forced myself to and I was like one of those high functioning um Mm -hmm. yeah you know what I'm saying so anyway um then you're still functioning but not optimally maybe (laughs) yeah yeah exactly so Mm -hmm. you know then we go to like our awards banquet one year and I ended up getting a few different awards or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, it wasn't as fulfilling as I had expected it to be like doing the work was way more fulfilling than receiving the award was, even though I pushed myself to extreme lengths to, you know, put the work in. And there was times I definitely should have, recognize when it was time to pull the reins back a little bit and say okay like it's okay for you to take a break you don't have to keep your engine on on go all day long yeah Yeah. um but yeah like a a lot of the times you know people weren't talking about this stuff and you didn't know that it was okay to 
to just shut the engine off and (laughs) rest and recover for a little bit. Right. Like I, I personally felt like if I wasn't doing something, then like someone else was doing something that I wasn't doing. Right. Yeah. The weight of those external expectations that like, we don't even realize we're putting it on ourselves. Right. Like it is, it's a load that you're adding because it's ultimately something that you can't control. Right. So you have some ability to impact whether or not you get it, but there's always that aspect of it that you quite literally have no control over. You know, you can't control if somebody scores 51 goals and you score 50, right. Or um, if a freshman comes in and is playing lights out and gets more ice time than you, right. Like those are the things that you can't control. So we, we have these goals and, and I think, I don't want to say we masquerade them as goals because they're still good to have in mind, but what we're talking about here and what you're hinting at is we forget about the process, right? And we forget to take care of ourselves in the process so that, you know what, maybe you make it to that goal that you had for yourself, but it took so much out of you on the way to get there that you're like, well, this is sort of underwhelming. (laughs) I just yeah. put myself in a coffin for six months socially or mentally or whatever it is that like, wow, great. I got a puck that says I had a 50 goal season, um, but I'm like a shell of myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or like getting the the puck where you got like a shutout and I mean, those are, those are great moments for sure. Yeah. But if you're not enjoying the process along the way, it gets tough, right? Like you can't yeah. continuously push yourself to those extremes and expect you yourself to be able to perform and function at a normal rate. Like it's, it's just really an unattainable goal to have for yourself. Like we are human beings, not human doings, which is something we often talk about. And even though we are athletes and we're, you know, saying that like we're built to perform, but the fact of the matter is like, <laughs> we're still humans first. And I think a lot of the times we tend to forget that. I mean, even when we talk about athlete identity, people are so caught up in being an athlete that they don't know who they actually are. Right. Right. But I think what we're kind of hinting at here too, is like no goal is more important than you and your well being. Right. So if you allow those external pressures, the, the expectations that whether it's you your coaches, your friends, your perception of how other people, you know, how you think other people should um, or view you as a player, whatever it is. If you allow that to overtake the importance of you in the process, then by the time you get there, I mean, and it's an if you get there again, right? It's just like you've left part of yourself behind in the process. So of course it's not going to be as fulfilling as rewarding because you, whether you consciously acknowledge it or not, you've lost something along the way. Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely going to steal some of that joy and some of the um, catharsism. Is that the, is that the right word? I know it's cathartic, right? If you're feeling like cathartic, that's like very amped up, but like, you're going to lose some of that. Mm -hmm. 
because you've had to sacrifice something extremely important along the way. Mm-hmm. So, and let's, let's, I think we've communicated the importance. <laughs> yeah. So nail, nail on the head we, there. Yeah. How do we help people understand how to manage that stress? Because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about having an external expectation and the weight of it. That is stress. How do we learn to manage and mitigate that stress as elite athletes? Because you cannot function under it for long periods of time. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's, it's different for everybody in my opinion, right? Like everybody has different needs that need to be fulfilled. And I think a lot of it does start with ourselves and knowing what it is that we do need and that's half the battle right there. But I mean, if I use myself as an example, um, you know, clearly I needed to take a break from doing so much work. So what I, and this isn't to say like, stop doing what you're doing. Don't play, don't go to school or anything like that. This is to say like, you need to learn to prioritize the things that are going on in your life. So if you're a student athlete, for example, typically you have, you know, a full course load, five classes per term, each of them is very demanding, right? Well, then it's time to break out the syllabus for each of those classes and see where the due dates are. When are the exams? When are the midterms? When are the tests? Because time management plays a huge role in how you're going to be able to cope with the stresses that come your way, right? Because the more you're able to prepare for those things, whether that's a paper that has to be handed in or, I don't know, like an exam or something like that, the more time you have to prepare, then the less stress you have to be about it at the end of the day, right? Like when you know those those deadlines, those due dates, you can kind of kind of like preparing for roadblocks per se right Right. kind of like we were talking in the beginning like that's exactly what you're doing Mm -hmm. and I've said this so many times this year I think it's kind of funny uh every single professor or even teacher like you don't have to be in college for this to happen thinks that their class is the most important one Mm. that you're ever going to take right love that for them they're passionate about what they do but the reality is is that you're balancing a lot of other things So there is a a tactic to it as well, being a student athlete, because you are juggling so many other things. So it's like, hey, if you're getting 100 pages of reading every week for one class while you're juggling four others, how can you learn to synthesize? How can you learn to find the important information and not necessarily read the full 100 pages if you don't actually need to? Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Like it's little strategies like that. It's, it's finding again, what works best for you and also understanding how you actually fit into some of those expectations that you have for yourself. Mm-hmm. Every student athlete, or at least, you know, I shouldn't say every student athlete, but a lot of student athletes go in with the, I want to be the starter and I want to have a 4.0. Well, that's really, really difficult. Raise my hand on that one. Oh, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying that it's not possible and that it's not a good goal, but maybe ask yourself, why do you want a 4.0? Like, why is that important to you? 
I can tell you that you don't have to have a 4.0 to get into grad school. I can also tell you that nobody's going to ask you what your GPA was after you graduate. Right? Like, why is it important? And a lot of times, it's not actually of crucial importance to the individual. It's, uh, well, you know, like, that's a good grade. That means that I'm perfect, whatever it may be, right? Yeah. The classic so, perfectionist strategy. Classic. But ultimately, like, for a lot of people, that is an unrealistic and, well, it's an unrealistic goal. And it's going to drive you towards unsustainable strategies to getting there. Mm -hmm. So managing that level of stress, sometimes it's identifying that, hey, you know what? I need to tailor some of my goals for what's realistic for me. Get specific about, you know what? If there's a class that you really want a 4.0 in, then focus in on that and what you need to do for that class. Mm -hmm. But acknowledge that, you know what? It might not be 4.0s across the board. Mm -hmm. if you're doing all you can to time manage to study to work hard then that should be enough you get a 3.5 and you've done all those things you've done your best and that's all we want all of the listeners to do right is just it's not about being perfect but it's about being your best not yeah. somebody else's best but your own best so showing up as the best version of you for whatever you're thrown that very day. Right. Yeah. And I mean, to, to kind of like tack on to, you know, prioritizing, not just your schedule, but also like your, your classes and which ones are of importance to you also talking about like, which ones are necessary for you too. Right. If, if we're talking specifically to student athletes, because we know that there's categories where, okay, like these are, everybody has to take one of these courses just to have it on their on their transcript essentially like that's the only reason that it's there like I know a lot of classes that I took especially in my first couple of years didn't mean anything literally meant nothing and I didn't really need to kind of break my back over the grade that I was trying to to get for them um mm -hmm. also this is not to say like don't care about your classes like you should definitely go and try and care of course <laughs> but yeah. in terms of handling the stress that comes along with balancing all of this that's definitely one thing to keep in mind and then also like learning when to set boundaries around your like your social battery right you're with people all the time and the one common thing that I tend to see is that people don't know how to be by themselves that's one thing that I've seen so many times and it's just when you're constantly being pushed to you know have all of these external stimuli keeping you going all all the time you don't have a second to even think about like what's going to be good for you what is it that you need in these scenarios right mm -hmm. my god i fomo let's talk about it. <laughs> where does yeah. that come, like where does that come from ultimately it's like it's somebody else's perception of what it looks like if you're spending time by yourself, like you don't have friends or like you don't have that social group, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. We could talk, we could go into a rabbit hole about how social media impacts that, but that's mm -hmm. not what we're here to do today. No, but I can acknowledge and kind of speak to that. Cause I remember feeling that way as a freshman. It's like, 
I didn't want to be spending time by myself because of how it might look to other people in Mm -hmm. that sense. So now you have this extra layer of expectation for what your social life is supposed to look like, which again, causes you to pay less attention to what you actually need. And as I've gotten older, I have grown so fond of the time that I have on my own. I love it. And I do my best to protect it now because the return that I get from an afternoon by myself, whether it's like going to a bookstore and not leaving with a book because I just wanted to go and look at what was there or going to the grocery store sometimes even by myself is like huge. Mm -hmm. It's the return on investment I get from that is something that I now recognize in terms of the value that it gives me. Whereas I never would have recognized that value because I was looking at all the external shit that really doesn't mean anything in terms of helping me. Mm-hmm. At times. I'm lucky enough to say that I really did enjoy my, my personal time uh, when I was in university to a certain extent anyway. Um, and then, you know, I was also really blessed to have a roommate who like, we just connected so well and like, we knew when each other needed space and like, we didn't impinge on, on that with one another. But, um, <laughs> I don't know if it maybe just comes with age because when you're, when you were talking about FOMO and like, you know, I can think of so many times where I probably should have been staying home and, and studying for an exam or maybe, <laughs> maybe just like recharging the battery a little bit. Um, but I chose to go out and like be oh. with we with the team and then pay pay seven hells the next day. Um, yeah. But it, it makes me think of I don't know if you remember um, the scene in Friends when Chandler is like, you know what, we're not twenty one anymore. I'm twenty nine years old and I want to sit on my own couch and watch TV and be like, do nothing. <laughs> and I was like, that hits like that. I resonate with that, mm-hmm. and I don't think a lot of people maybe it's like I said maybe it comes with age but a lot of the younger kids don't really understand like it's okay to take time for yourself and do things for yourself whether that's staying home and and just laying in bed listening to music or whether that's going out for a walk like whatever is going to help you recharge that battery make sure that you take the time to do it yeah and we can even think of it in the context of team sports right where you're constantly working towards goals and doing things for a greater good essentially for your teammates Mm -hmm. right like you're showing up to practice for your teammates yes for yourself but you're showing up to lift for your teammates and for yourself right so there's all of these things that you're doing for the betterment of a team and you're not spending that time or giving that same level of attention to the stuff that you need to do for yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and ultimately like said earlier you can't forget about yourself in the whole process because if you're not bringing yourself along until you get to that goal, you're going to get there and think, uh, this is not at all what I imagined it was going to feel like. And there's nothing more disappointing than that. Mm. Actually, I love that you said that. And maybe it's important to talk a little bit about that perspective that we have when it comes to showing up and doing something quote for the team right? Like you can be doing two things at the same time. Yes. You're showing up to be with like, to do something for the team, but you're also ultimately showing up for yourself as well. 
And mm-hmm. I mean, you can go back to the intentional practice episode that we had a couple of weeks ago, where we talked about the importance of setting those goals for yourself. And, you know, it's more than just team goals. Like we want to make sure that we're focusing on ourselves throughout this process and make sure that we are continuing to go and grow and learn as athletes, as, as people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause, and I can share from, from my own experience, at least I remember feeling this way right? Like you're, you maybe you're unhappy with the way that things are going for you personally. My case as a freshman, I was unhappy with the role that I was essentially given on, on the team. I wasn't playing as much as I wanted to all these other things, right? My confidence was in the shitter. So I just started doing things to be a good teammate, right? Like uh, show up, work hard, be a good teammate, and then in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, maybe it'll pay off for me. Maybe I'll get those external things. And maybe I started working harder in the gym, right? Initially, because I had that idea of like, if I do this, then that will happen. If I work harder in the gym, then I'll get more minutes during games. And along that journey, I stopped paying attention to like increased soreness because that didn't matter. If I wanted to play more, I needed to be doing more. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped paying attention to like mental and physical fatigue, checking in on myself, seeing how I was doing on the ice. My performance actually went down. <laughs> I might have been lifting more in the gym, but like hockey wise, there was there was nothing left to give. Right. So when you have this experience with you're trying to balance the expectations you set for yourself. And like I said earlier, it's not a bad thing to have external expectations, but you have to balance them with that internal compass of how am I doing? What do I need right now? And is what I'm doing in alignment with who I am as a person and what I need as a human being, not just an athlete? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what they say, rest is the uh, the best weapon. So mm-hmm. For anybody who tends to be the overworker and perfectionist and I need to keep doing, 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 mm-hmm. remember that. Keep that one in your back pocket because you're good. Yeah. You're going to need it at some point. I can guarantee yeah. you that. Like even, even like when I was away over the last month, like my body was more sore than it has ever been in my entire life, I think. And I don't know if that's because it's like a mix of factors. Like I haven't been playing for a year and a half. We're playing a lot of games. So there's a really like a lot of stress. I'm the only goalie. Like I still have to be at all of these things. Oh my God. Like there were days where we were having like an hour and a half practices before a game. And I, I told our coach, I was like, no, man, like I can't be on here for an hour and a half. Like I we have yeah. one goalie. We have three games coming up. Like I'm going to die. <laughs> Yeah. And like, what if, just hear me out, if it was a combination of all of those things? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that's been like the common theme here. If our conversation today is like, it's not just one of those things. It's let's talk about all of that. And it is all of that for sure. And, and I think that's, you know, something that we also have to take into account in terms of balancing all this is knowing how much we do have on our plate. And like I said, from the very get-go, prioritizing what needs to be prioritized. And the one thing that should always come first is your health, your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health. Yeah. 
Yeah. Stress is a part of being an elite level athlete. It's, it's, it's a part of being a human being. Mm -hmm. Like, and sometimes stress can be good. Stress isn't always a bad thing. Stress can motivate you to do things. Um, It can push you to that next level, but it's when it gets to that point where you're now neglecting you, Mm -hmm. that's when we need to find ways to mitigate the level of stress that you're experiencing. And a lot of times the way that you do that is by showing up for yourself and meeting your own needs, as opposed to trying to meet other people's, which perfectionists, uh, we do that a lot. People pleasers, Mm -hmm. you know, we're doing that every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But let's talk on the flip side of this coin, right? Mm -hmm. So like as athletes, we're obviously putting in lots of work, not just on the ice in practice in the gym at school, whatever that looks like for you. But how is it that coaches can be more understanding with athletes when it comes to their own levels of, of, well, recovery, burnout, like how is it that coaches can be more open to having conversations with their players and understanding, like you have a lot on your plate and I need to maybe give you a little bit of leeway here at the rink or in practice Mm -hmm. to make sure that you're able to take care of yourself still. I feel like that's a mindset thing, right? Understanding that it's not a a black or white or like a simple formula that creates a sum of less performance. Mm -hmm. So like if, if somebody is coming up to you and saying like, I'm struggling mentally right now, I really don't feel like I'm all here at the rink. And maybe that's what you're even seeing maybe giving them that time off isn't just going to equate to a uh, loss of cardiovascular endurance or loss of skill. Cause like, let's be honest, all these athletes know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They've been playing the sport for a long time. They're not going to lose it. If you give them a day off. Yeah. And number two, like this is where the mindset part comes in is it's, it's not, it's not sustainable to have an athlete like that continue to show up when they're not at their best. So allowing them to take that time to recover whatever way that they need to, you're ultimately going to be getting a stronger athlete when they come back. Mm -hmm. Isn't that what you would want? You would think so. Absolutely. Uh, That's why this is exactly why I want to have this conversation though. Right. Because I mean, not everybody has the mindset that we talk about on this podcast of having the growth mindset of being open to hearing, you know, different new ideas, all this stuff. Right. So, you know, to, for an athlete to approach their coach, oftentimes I find it can be a little bit intimidating. At least I was like my experience in university. Like I, the thought of going up to my coach and saying like, Hey, I have a lot going on right now, whether that's with school, personal family, whatever, like maybe my body is just so tired that like, I can't function. And I should maybe skip a practice. The thought of approaching my coach and saying that is like, well, you're competing for a spot against the, the other goalie that is on the team. So if you're not showing up to practice and you're not, you know, being, a competitor on the ice then you're going to be kind of brought down a notch on like this ice time ladder for example right and especially as a goalie where it's like you either play or you don't there's no in between 
Right. But here's the newsflash for coaches that think that way. That reaction is probably something that's coming from within you. I'm just going to put that out there. That has really like you, if, if, if you are a good coach, you understand that one day off really isn't going to hurt that much. Mm-hmm. If you know your players well enough, if you trust your own coaching ability, you understand that giving a day off is not going to put somebody 10 steps behind your athletes who practiced one day. Yeah. Well, it's different, obviously, if you have a player coming up to you constantly saying like, oh, I need to take time off, different story. But when you, when like, as a coach, you know, your athletes, you know, that, you know, whether or not they're the kind of person that would just like come and say that they just didn't want to be on the ice today versus someone who's like always putting in the work and genuinely is like, I have a lot on the go. I'm stressed. I need to prioritize my own mental emotional physical health if Mm -hmm. i'm going to continue performing at this level right right absolutely like you like that's what i mean if you know your athletes well enough you can tell the ones that like genuinely mean it versus the bsers Mm -hmm. right and let's also acknowledge that the bsers at the elite level are few and far between yeah like they're not the norm um there's a reason why they got to the level that they're at (laughs) hard work, dedication, persistence. Yeah. yeah. So the the thing that I was alluding to is like what's that internal trigger that's getting at you that's like, oh, rest days are terrible. If you're skipping one practice it means you don't like your teammates and you don't appreciate the ideas of hard work and dedication. You're not dedicated. I'm going to sit you. It's like, whoa, what's your relationship with taking a break? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Actually. Where is that coming from? <laughs> Some deep seated childhood uh, trauma right there. Well, because <laughs> I've noticed it come up in me for certain things where like someone's approached me with something that they're struggling with. And I'm like, really? And then I think about it. I'm like, okay, whoa, I'm mm-hmm. down let's, let's take a step, take back. step back. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know what? I know why I'm reacting that way. And I'm thinking of a time where I didn't get exactly what she was asking for. Mm-hmm. Light bulb has nothing to do with her and everything to do with me. Yeah. We all have those moments. So yeah. Mindset. <laughs> Mindset. Mic drop. That's Mindset. it right there. <laughs> Emotional awareness and intelligence. Yeah. So for any coaches that maybe are struggling in that area, you know, pop on over to elite high performance and we'll, uh, we'll sort you out yeah seriously but like it's a blind spot for a lot of people because we don't we don't often think about why we think a certain way Mm. it's just like oh you know like that happened and I had a thought and then I got an emotion about it and then I got carried away because I felt the rabbit hole yeah I would I would argue that majority of folks don't take the time to do that whether you're an athlete or not I'd say very few people really truly take the time to set aside, you know, whether it's 10, 15 minutes a day, an hour a week, whatever, to really do some introspective work and question, why am I having this belief or why is this emotion coming up for me? And what does it even mean? Yeah. Yeah. And let's be honest, like whether or not you work in corporate or if you're an athlete or if you're a coach, 
we're all in the business of people management mm-hmm. and you cannot properly people manage or effectively people manage if you're not paying attention to, you know, the way that you are reacting to situations, the emotions that you are experiencing, as well as being in tune with the emotions that other people are showing you mm-hmm. and the way that they're showing up and learning how to make those two things work together. Yeah. Because everybody has the external expectations that they're trying to balance. Everyone has that. Everyone has stress. Everyone has mental health. So how do we start to show up and recognize that in ourselves and also in the people that we care about? Couldn't have said it better myself. Well, here we go. Yeah. Well, I don't That's know if there's, I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's anything left for me to say, honestly. I mean, I think the only other thing would be that, uh, okay, you know, do the best that you possibly can to bring those external expectations inward, yeah. right? Like, don't focus so much on what those expectations are, whether they're, you know, your own external expectations or the external expectations that somebody else has placed on you, whether that's a coach, teacher, and just take some time to get introspective. What is it that you really want? Especially if we're talking school, right? Like, is this course really going to help me? Is there like, what's the reason that I want to have a, a certain grade point average in this class versus another class or like the overall graduating GPA? Like, yeah. understand what's truly important to you before you just load up your plate and say, I'm going to do all of it and I'm going to be the best at all of it and nothing bad's yeah. going to happen along the way because I'm going to be perfect 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 um and also PSA to our younger athletes if you haven't figured this out already you might have a situation where you start rumbling with what's important to you actually versus what you learned to be important from your parents <laughs> yeah that one (laughs) that one took me a bit of time to to reach but you do eventually reach that point where you start questioning like is this important to me or is this important to my mom and dad yeah you're gonna get there at some point you'll realize and then you'll come and have a free consult with us and we can chat about it (laughs) we can we can talk you through it because we've been there done that oh yeah more than once (laughs) more than once (laughs) well it was great to jump back in the locker room with you Lou it's been a long time I know too long Mm -hmm. truly too long we have to do this more often this is a busy season of life and we're not beating ourselves up over it no it's true we (laughs) uh you know we'll toss out the apology of you know we weren't able to put out an episode this week or last week or whenever this video podcast airs whenever it is but yeah we're busy people so we appreciate uh nobody hassling us over not getting an episode out on time they're getting angry emails (laughs) where is it where is it release it (laughs) oh god all right (laughs) that's enough shenanigans for now here we go um oh you know what i started this thing i'm gonna end it in a way you enjoyed listening to the conversation today please uh like 
and or or do both um comment on um the podcast and and share it with people that you value in your life that you think could benefit from the conversation because ultimately that's how the podcast grows we're trying to meet reach as many people as possible to start spreading the kind of conversations that we're having on here um because ultimately if you know we can get more people just starting to have the conversation about this kind of stuff that's i am happy with that um so yeah like uh give us a review as well and we would be eternally grateful for that eternally how did i do that you did really good (laughs) all right we'll see you guys next week bye